Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as Keep Trade Buy, Make Amends, and Trade Addicts Trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts Podcast. DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. It's me, it's me, it's Adol SFD, roaming the streets of Superflex City, and this is a Superflex Super Show! What is up, my Superflex Super friends? We've got a lot to talk about, stuff we weren't supposed to talk about just yet by the way. Uh, but here we are um, doing it anyways, already making a liar out of me uh, after just one week of non-point scoring season in your dynasty leagues. Real quick, I've got to give a very special special shout out to uh, some, uh, some very special listeners. Braden, Amber, Jade, Uncle John loves you and misses you. And uh, thank you for being super flexers, joining the super flex, super friends, uh, and getting all super flexy with us. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I just just had to, to shout out my nephew and nieces because uh, apparently they're religious um, listeners to the super flex super show, and I have no idea about their roster construction. I I don't know. I have no idea what it looks like. I'm guessing quarterback extreme. I mean, if this is the only podcast you're listening to, you end up going quarterback extreme, right? That's just kind of that, that's just kind of it, it, it there's there's really kind of no other way. You can't listen to the Superflex Super Show exclusively and come to a different conclusion, can you? I mean, maybe you have, maybe some of you have. Uh, but uh my my bet is if you're listening, you're probably a quarterback extremer, uh, just like I am. So um, probably uh, using the super flex flywheel to uh, to construct those rosters. I, I'm going to need to refresh all that stuff. It's been a while since we've really laid it out. I know we've got some new listeners to the show, um, not just my uh, my family, but <laughs> we've got, uh, I know that we're, we're bringing in new listeners into the fold, into the group of super flex, super friends, and just kind of, uh, adding to the conversation, but it's always good to go back and refresh some of the stuff that we've already talked about in the past, uh, just to give you the context. So, you know, what we're, what we're talking about when we're talking about it. So, uh, plenty of time for that over the non-point scoring season, I have said all along, and I said it last week, in fact, first of all, I said I don't want to talk about rookies. 
well, we're going to talk about rookies. I don't want to. I know that you guys want to. And I also, I just kind of see a little bit of importance to it, at least right now, at least immediately. And then maybe we can step away from it for a little while and come back to it, um, you know, a little bit closer to the combine once we've, you know, once we've gotten through free agency, things like that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk plenty about these rookies. You're going to be very well versed in the incoming rookie class. Don't you worry about that. But, you know, I said last week, it's kind of the wrong time for us to be talking about rookies. I mean, what we really want to do right now is we want to deconstruct the season that was. There was a lot that happened that, you know, that, that we need to process a little bit uh, in this, this past season. Uh, you know, in some cases, you want to see what are some developing trends. And, you know, we've just as an example, one of them that we've seen coming for a while is, you know, we talked last week about the shrinking middle class at quarterback. You've got fewer and fewer options outside the top, you know, the the top two or three tiers of quarterbacks out of the top, you know, 10 or 12. It's getting really hard to find the guys, you know, where we used to have, uh, you know, you used to have Joe Flacco and Matt Ryan and Andy Dalton. You know, you had guys like that who just kind of filled a little bit of a gap for you. Um, you know, they they gave you good enough scoring that the rest of your roster could make up uh, any any discrepancies, any deficiencies. And we just we we don't really have that anymore. You know, who are the middle class guys? We're kind of looking at. You know, like Daniel Jones, I suppose. Um, and now we're making a case for Daniel Jones being borderline elite because he was good enough to get his team to the playoffs and seems to be good enough to keep his job. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what we're looking for at this point. Kenny Pickett. Kenny, Kenny Pickett, I still think, is probably, you know, kind of middle class for – uh, for for all intents and purposes, um, but I mean the fact that he's safe in his job makes him, you know, a little extra valuable right now. So so there's been this trend, and this has been coming for the last couple seasons, and now you know I think we're kind of at our apex, where you know the quarterback position is just getting, you know, more and more volatile, more and more, uh, it just harder to navigate. Harder to find replacement level guys. And it's making it feel like it's more and more important to get those elite level guys. So, you know, that's the type of thing that we want to look for. And we want to, uh, we want to kind of track from the season that, that just concluded. We also want to look for some things that, uh, that, you know, that's going to be important for us to not chase. Things that are, you know, it's going to be important for us to remember to stay away from. And, you know, we talked about Austin Eckler. I think that that is, you know, I think that he's still a very, uh, uh, he, he, he really kind of embodies what we're talking about here. 27 years old, you know, small in frame and in stature, um, 
you know, never been really a, a three down workhorse type of back. And not only that, it's generally going to be a, a, an offense that's going to be more proficient in the passing game than they were in 2022. And yet he's the RB1 on the season. You know, double-digit touchdowns and, and running back one overall. That's something that we don't want to chase. We kind of talked about it last week. What you know? What can we do to the process um, to make sure that we that we're you know that our net is capturing guys like Austin Eckler as potential RB ones, as potential league winner type of guys. You know who who should we be looking for? And I, you know, the more I think about it and the more I process it, the more I just think, you know, whoever, whoever that is, you know, let's just hypothetically throw out a name and say Alvin Kamara. And even then, I don't, I don't know that he's the right example either because he's, he fits the mold better of a three down you know, bell cow type of running back than Austin Eckler does. So, but he, you know, he also catches passes, but he's also pretty old and there's, you know, there's, there's, there shouldn't be a whole lot of a path for, uh, for Alvin Kamara going forward. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's important for us to look at what happened and say, is that sustainable? Is that repeatable? And if not, like, let's make that part of our process. Let's make that part of our planning, you know, whether we're going to use that or not. Let's include that in this machine that we're building for roster construction and roster management. So we still need to do that. We still need to spend a significant amount of time kind of looking back on the season, saying, you know, what went right, what went wrong, and why. And will that happen again? That's that's kind of the most important key to the entire thing. Will that happen again? So we we and you know it's it's the perfect time to do it, really. You know, this point in the season, this point in the calendar, it's it's really a good time to you know to to kind of deconstruct the season, um, look back on the season, and you know just kind of. Um, do a post-mortem on the season but you know it, it, it and so here I am saying that you know that should be the stage that we're in for the non-point scoring season but the reality is you know you're you're already kind of we're, we all are it's not just you I'm doing this too I'm I'm really kind of mapping out what I want the non-point scoring season to look like for me you know what do i want to what do i want to accomplish and there're kind of a lot of a lot kind of a lot of tropes out there right now that are that are getting in the way of that planning a little bit and honestly it's it's just kind of born out of laziness it's it's actually really frustrating because we take these cutesy little sayings and you know somebody somewhere along the line said it. Probably you know a, a one of the big name analysts 
said something like like start your studs is an example of this it's this isn't one that's being used right now obviously because we're not starting anybody we're not setting lineups but you know somewhere along the line somebody said start your studs and they were like man that was fun to say that's just like this this you know campy little little saying that we get to just kind of throw around and rather than you know, it just kind of turned into, if you listen to the Super Show throughout the season when Swags and I were talking about, you know, standard operating procedures, roster management, we talked a lot about, all right, you've got these guys on your roster, so now who do you start? Who do you play? And who do you bench? You know, some guys that you want to just completely drop and other guys that's like, yeah, you, you're not necessarily dropping them, but you don't want to start them. And that happens. Sometimes those guys are studs. <laughs> so, you know, but sometimes, you know, good players run into bad matchups for for one thing. Um, sometimes good players, you know, their situation kind of changes and, uh, you know, their role changes, whatever. They don't get the volume. They don't get the opportunities anymore, you know, and that happens like that's a pretty fluid development throughout the course of a season. And it's something that you have to keep track of. You have to kind of keep tabs on that. And so, you know, you get to your fantasy playoffs and you've been making these roster decisions. You've been. Um, you know, you've been making these lineup decisions, sometimes very tough ones, very, um, you know, counterintuitive moves, you know, starting this guy at flex because he's got a really good matchup and, you know, starting a second tight end, even though you don't have a tight end premium because, you know, you've got two tight ends going up against the two worst defense is it stopping tight ends you know things like that you've been making these decisions all through the season and then you get to the fantasy playoffs all of a sudden the pressure's on one win you know one loss and you're done and you know your season's over and now you're on to you know building mode and you know you're into off-season mode and so you know that that pressure kind of gets us that stress kind of gets us and we start looking for you know, for for easy lineup decisions um, that we can feel good about. And a lot of times you go to, you know, not, not all analysts. I won't even say who exactly <laughs> I've seen do this, but I've seen analysts do this. But, you, you know, you ask them a start-sit question, and instead of thinking about it, they literally answer, start your studs. And then that, you know, that just kind of, echoes throughout the community throughout the dynasty industry just kind of reverberates in that good old echo chamber that we always talk about you know and next thing you know i you know people people say that because it just it sounds fun and and you know makes you sound interesting um you know the way it just kind of flows the way it rolls off the tongue and it's like the reality is Start your studs doesn't really have a an application anymore. Uh, you know, it, it, at this point, you know, start your studs made a little bit more sense when you were playing, you know, redraft leagues with, 
you know, six starters, seven starters, and, you know, a couple bench players. And it was just yards and touchdowns, maybe even just touchdowns, you know. That's where start your studs kind of made some sense. When we're looking for who's going to score a touchdown this week, well, who's the most likely to score a touchdown? It's your studs. That's fine. But now we've got all these different scorings. We've got you know, all these different data points that we can look at. And above all else, you know, we've just kind of seen the evolution of the pro football game to a point where you can kind of determine who you're going to start, who you're going to bench based off of matchups. This is one of the key, you know, one of the tentpole strategies to quarterback extreme in the Superflex flywheel. It's about streaming your quarterbacks because, you know, you can pick on uh, you can pick on good matchups and avoid bad matchups. If you've got five quarterbacks, you only have to choose two of them. You get you can take the two with the best matchups. And most of the time that's going to work out for you. Even if it means benching a stud. So that's the thing. Start your studs has just really kind of lost its relevance. And now it's just this like mindless thing to say. Yeah, I just picture a bunch of zombies just walking around in a in a mall, just, you know, bumping into windows, bumping into trash cans and just saying, start your studs, start your studs. And it just drives me nuts. It's it's just it's the thing that you say when you don't have anything to actually say (laughs) or you're just not interested in saying something you don't want to actually answer the question so you say start your studs like that's that's what i hear (sighs) getting uh, getting pissed off here i'm getting all getting all worked up already and we haven't even got to the real point here which is this the the latest one that's come up is Draft for value, trade for need. Again, nice little fun little campy saying. And it's one that I subscribe to, by the way. Like, let's let's stop and back up for just a quick minute and say the, the idea of draft for value, trade for need, which, you know, essentially what we're saying is, Get the most value you can on your roster because you're going to be able to ca- cash that in later. Uh, you know, closer to the season, you're going to be able to. You're going to basically have the currency to go get what you need to complete your lineup. You know, we talk a lot about how it. it, it we're not setting lineups right now, and that's fine. You know that I I fully agree with that as well. You know, so in so if you don't have to set a lineup, you're not worried about who's going to who who's my starter at at you know who's my starting running back to. Well, it doesn't matter for several months yet. <laughs> you know, what six months where until you have to set a lineup? No, more than that, nine months until you have to set a lineup. You've got plenty of time to figure it out. You don't need to know right now, right? So, so. The idea is, you know, you just draft the player, whoever, you know, you just take a value-based drafting approach. You draft the player with the most trade value. And if you keep doing that, eventually you're going to 
have enough value on your roster that you're going to be able to cash it in to fix whatever positions need to be fixed when the time comes to fix them. So very reasonable, right? It, It makes a ton of sense. And in fact, you know, quarterback extreme, when we're talking about a startup, quarterback extreme comes from the idea of value-based drafting and the idea of draft for value, trade for need. It's just, I mean, we're kind of looking ahead a little bit. We're looking past the startup and we're saying, once this thing's over, I mean, look at, look at how hard it is to find a quarterback in a super flex league right now. Think about that. Think about what it would take to for you to get a quarterback, any quarterback, any starting NFL quarterback, someone who actually you know fixes a a need for you, fulfills a need. Think about how hard that is to do in your dynasty leagues right now. You know, and so you and you just kind of just kind of take a step back from the startup and say. Man, I like I know what the value is going to look like for these quarterbacks, and I, I, like even more than that, even like even go beyond thinking about what does it take, what would it take for me to get a quarterback to fix that position right now. Think about what it would take if you have some quarterback depth, like to the tune of you know three or four quarterbacks who are on track to start. What would it take for you to give one of those guys up? You know, like, it, and it, it really doesn't even matter who who the players are. You still, it's just still so hard to part with a quarterback who has a starting job in the NFL because there's so few of them right now that do, and even fewer who, you know, have any kind of job security beyond 2023. So you think about that, you think about what this is going to look like, you know, after the startup and you say, man, these quarterbacks just get such a massive value bump. They already, you know, the top tiers already have a a, a ton of value in the startup. You know, you it's if you've got an opportunity to get Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen, you're doing it regardless of who else is available. Because, yeah, you could get Justin Jefferson instead of Patrick Mahomes, but you could just as easily get Patrick Mahomes and then, you know, the next round get A.J. Brown, for instance. And honest, and that's, that's the thing with the wide receiver position, by the way. I could do that all day. Instead of A.J. Brown, I'll take Devonta Smith. Instead of Devonta Smith, I'll take Brandon Ayuk. You know, just keep going down the list. But the quarterback position, you can't do that. You can't say, all right, I, you know, if I pass on Patrick Mahomes, I'll be fine because I'm going to end up with a, a very similar uh, quarterback in Trey Lance, <laughs> Russell Wilson. Are those guys similar to Patrick Mahomes in any way? Pro- not really, you know. Um, and so, you know, you just you just think about what happens to the quarterback position once the startup is over, and you see the massive amount of value that quarterbacks are going to have if they don't already. If they don't now, they will later 
for sure. Once this thing, once this startup is over, they're going to have a ton of value. So you draft quarterbacks knowing that you're going to be able to trade those. You know that. They're, they're, they're currency almost as safe as draft picks because everybody needs them and nobody has them. <laughs> Simple economics, supply and demand. The demand is there. The supply is not. You're the one who has the supply of them. And so, you know, you, you get to, you get to, you know, set the price, set the market for quarterbacks in your league. And then you get to cash in and say, you know, I know how valuable this quarterback is to you. I think that he should be, you know, he should be worth this non-quarterback starter who completely upgrades your entire non-quarterback position. You know, so value-based drafting actually is is vitally important in the startup. But that's the key. It's the it's in the startup. It works in the startup. It applies in the startup. Don't do it in a rookie draft. Don't even plan on doing it in a rookie draft. And the reason for that is, you know, well, there are kind of a lot of reasons, but I mean, start with this. Say you did your startup last year. You don't have any other opportunity to fix a need. I mean, you can trade. You can certainly trade, but it costs quite a bit more to trade for a quarterback than it is than it does to draft a quarterback with a draft pick that you just kind of organically ended up with. <laughs> you know, slept through the season, woke up with 101, and now you get to do whatever you want with it. You just kind of it's like the tooth fairy just dropped off a draft pick under your under your pillow and now you get to spend it however you want. The other option is you you trade for a quarterback. And you know, once after the shock, the sticker shock at the price of that quarterback kind of uh, goes back down. Then I, I mean, you're going to do it because you have to do it. But man, like you had an opportunity to just do it in the rookie draft, and that was the one event. That's the one event that we have in you know beyond uh, in year what I call one plus n. Basically, year one is your startup. Every year after that, all you've got is a rookie draft. That's your opportunity to fill some voids. And value-based drafting just does not get you any closer to fixing the holes that you've already identified. So, you know, when people say draft for draft for value, trade for need, when they're talking about the rookie draft, it makes me cringe because it it that was a that was a saying that was meant for the startups. It works in the startup. It, it makes sense in the startup. It doesn't make sense in the rookie draft. You know, what if you had, last year you had a huge deficit at running backs, but, you know, instead of Kenneth Walker, you took whatever wide receiver, Traylon Burks was everybody's favorite, and you had drafted Traylon Burks because you know, ADP told you to, uh, you know, somebody's rankings told you to, you just kind of ignored what your roster said. 
and you drafted Traylon Burks, and then whoever was behind you got Kenneth Walker, who came out on top of that? And I mean, you know, it's it, it, I'm certainly cherry picking. I'll I'll acknowledge that, but you know, the point remains: you would have been better off taking the position of need. And and you know, again, keep in keep in mind and keep in context the unique challenges of each position. That should devalue wide receivers. The fact that there are so many wide receivers to choose from and that they all score so similarly on a weekly basis that every single one of them is just as likely to be the wide receiver one for the week as anybody else. With a possible, possible exception of Justin Jefferson and maybe Jamar Chase. But even then, I mean, we saw down games from those guys, particularly Chase. So, you know, you've got this entire pool of wide receivers to choose from, and they're all going to score similarly on a, on a weekly basis. So why prioritize it? Where's the value in getting, you know, in getting Garrett Wilson or Drake London when Chris Olave was there? You know, again, kind of cherry picking a little bit, but the point stands that you're, you know, you've you've got the opportunity to find very similar scoring by waiting a little bit longer. That should devalue wide receivers. We've got some very good wide receivers coming in. And, that, you know, you're going to see a lot of people who think that uh, Jackson Smith Najigba is, is wide receiver one in this class. Some A lot of people are going to say it's Jordan Addison. I don't know what, you know, what happened to Keishon Butte. He was, he was number one last year, but... Uh, you know, I, I, there are a lot of people who have kind of backed off of him. I still think that he's probably number one, um, for fantasy purposes, but, you know, Quentin Johnson is probably going to be somebody that, you know, some analysts cling to. Certainly the NFL is going to cling to. They love his size. They love his speed. You know, you're getting kind of another DK Metcalf essentially. So, you know, the NFL teams are super excited about Quentin Johnston. We're we're kind of not, right? I, I a lot of the community is going to tell you, eh, it's kind of fool's gold. It's, um, you know, it's the the athletic profile doesn't quite fit what they think he's going to be. So. You know, but there are going to be some very good wide receivers in this class, and there are going to be several of them. Which again, that should devalue them because you've got multiple opportunities to get one. You don't have to just focus in on one. Now, the running back position is different. There's some very good running backs coming in. Like it's it's a deep class of running backs. Some very good running backs coming in, but we know there's one guy, Bijan Robinson. You know, everybody else is just kind of a consolation prize. This kind of a party favor. Thanks for coming. Whoever has Bijan Robinson wins. And so if you've got one on one, you know, you're looking at Bijan Robinson. That should here's the thing though, that should really be 
for the teams that have, you know, quarterback figured out. At least by the time that you have your rookie draft, if not right now. If right now you don't have at least three starting, solid starting NFL quarterbacks, I don't see how you could possibly make plans to draft B. John Robinson. You need Bryce Young or you need C.J. Stroud. You might even need Will Levis. You know, you need one of those guys. You don't need B. John Robinson. And in fact, B. John Robinson doesn't really fit that roster if you're not if you're not set if you're not stabilized at quarterback you know we know that wide receivers and running backs they kind of make the difference they're kind of like tiebreakers a little bit uh particularly running backs they're kind of tiebreakers between two good super flex rosters but you're not going to be competitive without quarterbacks you have to have a quarterback at Superflex in order to be competitive. I won't even say you have to at all times, even though, you know, that's my goal. I want a quarterback at Superflex every single week, even if somebody's hurt, even if somebody's on bye. I still want a quarterback at the Superflex position, but, you know, we can even fudge it on bye weeks. You don't have to start a quarterback at Superflex on you know, you're, you're, if you have two quarterbacks on their bye weeks, you know, and, and you're probably gonna, you're gonna have a hard time winning that week, but that's okay. We can handle two losses during the regular season, but when we get to the fantasy playoffs, you're gonna need those quarterbacks. You're gonna need that baseline scoring. We know how much more they score just in general than any other position. And if you're going up against, you know, two teams that are getting, there are two quarterbacks who are getting 20 points each, 30, 40, 50 points even, and you've got one of them, it doesn't matter what he scores, right? <laughs> if, the, if, you, if, the, if your opponent gets has two quarterbacks and they go, they just give you a modest 25-point week, you know, top 12, it's not going to be quarterback one overall for the week. That's going to be, you know, top, definitely top 12, probably top eight for the week. You get two of those, there's your 50 points. Now, all of a sudden, you only have one quarterback. You've got to figure out a way. You've got to get 50 points from that guy. He's got to have, you know, the, the best game of the season for any quarterback essentially that's kind of what you're counting on at that point so we don't want to be in that position we want to make sure the quarterback is fixed before we start detailing the roster with running backs and even more than that with wide receivers so Bijan robinson is very obviously the prize of this rookie draft and so, you know, we're seeing a lot of in a vacuum, you know, because you see you see ADP of these rookies and it's not based on roster constructions. It's just in a vacuum. It's just okay, if if this is all we were doing, this is the entire game right here is drafting rookies. Four round rookie draft and then we're done. 
then yeah, Bijan Robinson is the 101 across the board. But there's, you know, you're missing that context of roster constructions. Where are the holes? What are the needs? You know, if you're not getting that part of it, then yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to say Bijan Robinson is 101. And therefore, if he's just kind of across the board consensus pick 1.01, then when you start saying draft for value, trade for need, well, the value should be on, say, on Bijan Robinson, right? And that's where the whole thing falls apart. <laughs> because again, you know, if you're, if you're at 1.01, but you don't have good quarterbacks, and you're still planning on getting Bijan Robinson, and I've, I, I've seen it all. So, you know, I tweeted about this the other day that, um, that I, I wonder how many, because, you know, just to back up a second, you know, a lot of the talk is if you're at 101, you know, you don't draft a quarterback, you don't draft, draft Bryce Young. Instead, you draft Bijan Robinson, or if you're, if you are going to take a quarterback, trade out of 101, trade back to 102. And get Bryce Young instead, because you'll get 102 plus something for 101. And the problem is, first of all, a lot of people are going to have a hard time giving up on Bijan Robinson. <laughs> they just they just see him as a golden ticket. But not only that, I mean, if I'm at 102 and I'm hearing all this chatter, seeing all this all over Twitter and uh, everybody's YouTube videos saying. You know, trade back to 102. I'm gonna say, oh, so you're pretty. You're actually pretty desperate to get away from Bijan Robinson and to actually fix your quarterback position. You know, so I I know that you need a quarterback. I know that that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to trade back. You're trying to cash in this value, and you're trying to trade back to my 102, so that you can get your quarterback without looking like the idiot who took him at 101. You know, and so I'm going to say, I am i don't think I'm going to give you much on top. I'll, I'll give you a fourth. I'll give you a third. You know, my old buddy Brian Haar always said, a third gets a deal done. Well, there you go. 102 and my third to move up to 101. That's what I'll do. Otherwise, I'm going to dare you to to take Bijan Robinson. I'm going to play chicken with you and I'm going to I'm going to bet that you're not going to go quarterback. That you're going to get you're going to take Bijan Robinson even though it's to the detriment of your roster. And I'm going to get Bryce Young who I maybe I need maybe I don't. But either way, I mean, I'm going to get more more value going forward out of Bryce Young because he's going to be more helpful to winning rosters, whether that's mine or somebody else's that I trade with. You know, so like that would be my move if I'm at 102. So the tweet was, I wonder how many of those trades actually get done where 101 trades back to 102. And I also wonder how many of, how many people drafting at 102 are going to recognize that they have all the leverage. Because again, you just dare them. <laughs> you just dare 
whoever has 101 to to make the pick that they want to pick or you know make the pick that they should make you know which which are you going to do are you going to go with your head or your heart heart says Bijan head says Bryce Young what are you going to do i'm fine either way because i'm going to get whoever falls to me if you take Bijan I'm perfectly fine with Bryce Young sitting at 102. And if you do the right thing and take Bryce Young, I miss out on the quarterback. Yeah, I'll just take Bijan Robinson and then hold him for ransom <laughs> against you. So, you know, so that that was kind of the tweet. And I did. I heard a lot of draft for value, trade for need. Draft Bijan because he's the value. And then later, you'll be able to trade him for a quarterback. Okay, which quarterback are you going to be able to trade him for? Maybe Bryce Young, but not necessarily. You might get Bryce Young in return for Bijan Robinson before the season starts. But if if 102 needs Bryce Young as a starter, yeah, he's not going to perform particularly well as a rookie. They never do. That's fine. He doesn't have to. This is dynasty. We're talking long term, and he's going to be a long term starter. Bijan Robinson is not. Bijan Robinson, as good as he is, as amazing as he is as a running back and as an athlete and as a football player, he is still he's still a running back, and we still put a you know what four or five year shelf life on those guys typically. And somewhere in there, you've got to assume probably misses a season with a major injury. He also, he could still, by the way, you know, just for planning purposes, we talked about this last week, he could he could still land in a bad spot. It's not necessarily going to be a spot that affects his value, but it would be a spot that, a spot that affects his production. So... I mean, like I think, I I hope that by now we've all learned that if Bijan Robinson was drafted by the New England Patriots, that his value goes in the tank. I hope that we can all agree to that. Maybe we can, maybe we can't. I just I I hope that we've learned that lesson by now. Please tell me that we've learned that lesson. You don't want to trust skill position players in New England. There are other situations, though, and and people are going to talk a lot about Buffalo being a very good landing spot. We talked about this last week, too, but to me, that's a low-key bad landing spot for B. John Robinson. It's not going to hurt his value, but it's going to open a sell window because his production is not going to match the value and the hype that he's been given coming into the league. If he lands in Buffalo... They're still going to use Singletary, and they're still going to use James Cook, and more than anything, they're still going to run with Josh Allen. And they're still going to make sure that that offense runs through Josh Allen. We want Bijan Robinson on an offense that runs through him. That's what we're really looking for here. You know, put him in, put him in Dallas. <laughs> Let's finally... Just get both of those guys out of the way. Zeke and Pollard, get rid of that two-headed monster. Let's just consolidate it. 
with Bijan Robinson. Put him in Minnesota. They have a long tradition of, you know, bell cow stud running backs from Adrian Peterson to Dalvin Cook. So, like, let's just next generation guy is Bijan Robinson. Move on from Dalvin Cook. Let Alexander Madison leave in free agency. Draft Bijan Robinson. And let him do what Dalvin Cook was doing before him and Adrian Peterson before him. That's what we're looking for. We want it, even Washington would be fine. I don't believe that Ron Rivera would would bench Bijan Robinson for Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson. I don't I don't I don't buy that. I fully buy that Bill Belichick would bench him for Pierre Strong because that's the type of crap that he's always done. So I, I, I just, you know, when they tell you who they are, believe them. So anyways, there, there are kind of a lot of ways that this, you know, this, this Bijan Robinson dream of ours doesn't totally pan out the way we intended. And when it's time to trade him, you know, once he's no longer a draft pick, now he's an actual NFL player. Now you try and trade him for a quarterback. There are a lot of scenarios where you don't get even a quarterback as good as Bryce Young. You're going to get the long-term, you know, people are going to want the long-term stability of Bryce Young rather than the short-term upside of Bijan Robinson. So, you know, planning right now to take Bijan Robinson first overall it's it, you know and and to just like it just feels so arrogant i don't know like i said like i'm i'm fired up over this one it's it's it annoys me <laughs> this is a thinking man's podcast thinking person's podcast that's that's one of my one of my biggest podcasting flaws is i always say man instead of person we've got some lovely ladies listening and we always appreciate it very, very smart women in this industry um, who also put a lot of thought into roster construction and roster management. And that's why they listen to the Superflex Super Show. You know, it's it's not a bunch of it's not a bunch of games, it's not a bunch of uh, you know answering, you know, trade polls, things like that. We're not doing that stuff. There was a time, but what we've really kind of discovered is there are a lot of people who just want to talk strategy, just want to think things through, just want to be, you know, making, be making thoughtful, informed decisions. And so that's what we're here to do is to say, let's, let's actually plan this out. Forget the tropes, forget the the sayings, forget the stupid little mantras. Draft for value, trade for need, that doesn't apply here. You know, let uh, someone's going to do that, that's that's fine. But that's not the way to actually think through a problem and solve a problem is to just recite a nursery rhyme, you know. <laughs> that's essentially what's happening there. And to me, you know, if you want to map it out, if you want to start thinking about what you're going to do this offseason, 
you don't want to just rubber stamp a draft pick. It's not just Bijan Robinson at 101 either, you know? Like we, we so here's here's what we're assuming right now. And this could all change. This is part of the reason that you don't write anything down in pen. This this could all change, but right now we're looking at 101 is either Bijan Robinson or Bryce Young. And I think that you can pick either one of those guys, depending on your needs in a super flex league, and feel just fine about it. You don't have to take any kind of a, a lashing from anybody for the fact that you just stayed at 101 and took Bryce Young and let Bijan Robinson fall to 102. Like, don't let anybody tell you that that's the wrong thing to do because that's it's actually a very thoughtful, very strategic move. So anyways, Bijan Robinson, Bryce Young, and then CJ Stroud seems to be pretty set at 103. Although if Bryce Young goes 101, I think you're still considering CJ Stroud at 102. Bijan Robinson could go to 103. CJ Stroud is just as good at quarterback. He's got a little bit more uh, prototypical frame for the quarterback position. The big knock on him is the mobility, and I've said this before, but I think that he's going to run a lot more when he gets to the NFL. It's not that he can't, it's that he hasn't had to. And look at the wide receivers he's had. That tells you everything you need to know. Why doesn't he run? Oh, because he's got Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, Najigma, and, and um, Marvin Harrison Jr., He's got those guys running routes for him. He doesn't need to take off and run. He'll just throw it to one of those studs. So, you know, I think he should be in the conversation as well, and especially, you know, a little bit landing spot dependent. We talked about this last week. A quarterback can overcome a bad situation. You know, talent matters more than landing spot for quarterbacks. So they're both going to be fine. But when we're deciding between the two, when we're splitting hairs, you know, if if it's if it's Bryce Young in Houston and, you know, somebody trades, Atlanta trades up to 101 and takes C.J. Stroud, and now you've got C.J. Stroud throwing to Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and whoever else they draft to put around him. I mean, C.J. Stroud's going to be pretty tough to pass on, especially when you know that Bryce Young is playing behind a bad offensive line and doesn't have any wide receivers. Nico Collins and Chris Moore. You know, so all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud enters the conversation as well. Anyways, I think those three are pretty interchangeable. I think we consider we can consider any one of those three at 101 and 102. And then whoever's left goes 103. And I mean, I think that's where the tier break lies. That's kind of where you stop saying, all right, so who else should I consider here? If Bijan Robinson falls to 103, then it's, a, yes, it's a slam dunk. The value is is good enough that you don't pass it up. You don't consider Will Levis. I don't think, at least as of now, you don't consider Will Levis over B. John Robinson. But, yeah, you get to 104, and now we're looking at, you know, now you've got the start of the wide receiver tier, 
that you could consider. You've got Jameer Gibbs at running back. You've got Will Levis at quarterback. Possibly Anthony Richardson might even make it into the conversation. You know, so you've got, uh, you know, all of a sudden it becomes a little bit, a little bit harder to figure out. Well, where's the value? What, what is the value? And I mean, my answer when I'm looking at this, and if I'm at 104 and I'm looking at this list of players, I'm saying, where's the value? I don't care. I just, I need a player that fixes whatever position of need I have. If I'm set at wide receiver, I'm not considering Jackson Smith Najigba. He's he's I think he's gonna be great. He's a an insane route runner. I think I I I do think that he's probably, you know, right there with Keishon Butte for the top wide receiver in this class for me. But I'm just fine missing on that. I'm just fine not getting the top wide receiver. I'm fine getting the wide receiver four or five, or at least three or four. <clears throat> I think they're all in a tier together, so you know I'd be fine with that. I'm just fine getting those wide receivers later. I'm also fine just not adding any wide receivers out of this rookie class. I don't need a wide receiver from every rookie class. If my wide receiver group is set, I'm not, I'm not addressing it again until I have to. Because I know that I'm going to find a way to replace. If I do lose one of the one of my starting wide receivers, I'm going to find a way to replace them. And it doesn't have to be with an early draft pick. So, you know, I'm going to be looking at Will Levis if I need a quarterback. I'm going to be looking at Jameer Gibbs if I if my quarterbacks are set. And I'm not worried about the value. The value just does not matter to me. When all we're talking about is making my ability to to you know to to achieve uh, my objectives this off season, which is to get to a roster build that I that I want, I'm making that more difficult. If I take a a, a player at a position where I'm already strong, just because of the quote unquote value. So anyways, point being, I just, I just feel like, and again, you know, I, I, I really kind of intended to talk about the season that was, you know, uh, look for, for trends, look for, you know, unsustainable, unsustainability, things like that. But I know that we're all just kind of starting to map out the rest of this offseason, the non-point scoring season. What do we want to achieve? How do we want this to look? And I mean, it's really kind of, it's pretty natural to even start thinking about what am I going to do with the draft picks that I have? You know, all the, and there's going to be a ton of talk about the top three. We're going to definitely get into you know, what happens beyond that. We're going to talk a lot about that. Like I said at the top, we're going to get to know every single one of these of these rookies and, you know, kind of try and slot them in, again, depending on your roster needs more than anything. Like, that's, that's going to be the goal. You know, but it just, it, it just felt like 
you know, if, if that's, if that's where we're at with this non-point scoring season is we're really just kind of looking at, you know, how we're just kind of mapping it out. We're just kind of, you know, building a roadmap to the roster build that we want. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's kind of take a step back and make sure that this is the, the cleanest, the safest path, uh, the, you know, the, the easiest path, whatever, you know, let's avoid road construction here. And a big part of that is, you know, not, not allowing people to just tell you draft for value, trade for need. (laughs) A big part of it is saying, nah, I'm going to actually think about it. You don't have to think about this. You can just check out and just wake up in time to make your rookie picks. You can do that, but I'm going to actually map this out. I'm actually going to put some thought into this. So I'll tell you, I've got a lot of a lot of one-on-one picks because we talked about in the offseason after we had such a bad rookie class in 2022, what you really kind of wanted to do was, number one, trade out. Or, I mean, you could draft wide receivers knowing full well that they weren't going to do a whole lot to help you uh, win in 2022. But essentially, you know, just get this team ready to tank and guide it from day one to the very bottom of your league. Tank to, you know, within the, the limits of your league rules tank as much as you possibly can if your league allows you to not score a single point all season that's what you do and that's what I did I did a lot of that because 2023 actually has some transformative players in it 2022 didn't not really I mean Brees Hall Kenneth Walker those guys were great I you know these wide receivers are starters very you know very good starters wide receiver one not overall but like top 12 type upside Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, those guys are, you know, probably Drake London. Those guys are top 12. At least that's kind of their ceiling. So, you know, you got some good players. Brees Hall actually would have been transformative uh, until he got injured. Kenneth Walker probably, you know, if you were close enough on roster construction and you took Kenneth Walker, he probably got you over the hump. But I mean, you had to do a lot of the work to to set it up so that you know, your roster was ready for Kenneth Walker. And then we had almost nothing at quarterback. We had Kenny Pickett, so you got a starter. But man, like do you feel good about it? I in and even with the weapons that he has, it still just did not seem like he's going to ever be anything special. You know, and and if he's not special, if he's not going to break out, if he's not going to win games and lead his team to the playoffs and, you know, bring them back from large deficits or, you know, bring him, bring them back from small deficits late in the game, if he's not going to be able to do that, he he's not going to have job security. They'll start him for at least another year, and there's some value in that. But, man, at some point, they're just going to say, all right, this isn't good enough. We've got a tradition here, 
and he is not capable of keeping us within that tradition. And they're going to move on. So, you know, that's kind of what the class looked like. It, there was just nothing particularly helpful. Bruce, uh, Brees Hall looked like he was going to be, you know, he was on his way to being a league winner and then he got hurt. And beyond that, you just didn't have a whole lot that changes your fortunes, changes the outlook for your team. So the goal was to just, all right, you know, if you're if you're going to take a year off from giving us good players, then I'm going to take a year off from being good, <laughs> and I'll I'll be back when uh, you know when you've got some players for me, some actual players for me. 2023, we've got that. So I guided a lot of my teams to the very top of the of the first round. I've got several 101s. I've got a few 102s. Like about half of my leagues were just total tank jobs. And in most of them, I ended up in 101 or 102 because I started from day one. I just said, you know what? This team isn't going anywhere this year. I'm just going to guide it all the way to the bottom. And in some cases, you know, I'm... I've already kind of built up the quarterback position well enough that I can take B. John Robinson. There are other cases where, you know, I'll, like I'll explore a trade back to 102 because I need Bryce Young. Maybe somebody else wants Bijan and he just doesn't make as much sense for my roster. So I'll explore those trades, but if I'm not able to make it, I'm doing what's best with 101. I'm doing I'm gonna do what's best for my roster. All that said, the other thing that I'm going to be doing, just kind of to kind of leave you with an action item here, I'm going to be loading up on quarterbacks. And I mean, you already know that. You know that I, I'm you know I go quarterback extreme. That's kind of the, that's the way I, I build my rosters. I want a lot of quarterbacks. So it's not like I'm breaking any kind of news when I say, oh, I'm going to load up on quarterbacks. You're like, yeah, I know. And the sky is blue. Cool. But I guess kind of what I'm talking about more is, you know, quarterback extreme is really kind of a startup type of strategy. It's something that you can build to. And we're actually going to talk about this in the next episode, I believe. Don't quote me on that just yet, but that's going to be the plan. We're going to talk about quarterback extreme beyond the startup you know, multiple seasons into the life of the Dynasty League. So it's something that you can kind of build towards, certainly. Uh, But it really is kind of meant to be the blueprint for your startup. You know, especially if it's a draft rather than an auction, you're really just kind of drafting quarterback after freaking quarterback. And again, it's value-based drafting is essentially what you're doing. You're getting a lot of them because they all have so much value. And so you have the ability to stream quarterbacks within your roster if you if you don't end up trading any of them away. But, you know, if you're not if you're beyond the startup and you need quarterback help, you know, it it it's not exactly quarterback extreme anymore what I'm talking about because quarterback extreme mixes in some elite guys. Quarterbacks early and often 
you're going to start off with one of the elite quarterbacks. You're going to start off with a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. You're going to end up with one of those guys as your quarterback one, and then you're going to have four other quarterbacks of varying level of ability and job security. You know, but what we're talking about here, because you're not going to go trade for Pat Mahomes. You're sitting at 1.01 and you need quarterback help. That's how you earned 1.01 is because your team was awful because you didn't have quarterbacks. You're not going to go trade for Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen. It's going to cost, you know, essentially everything that you still have, including pick 101. It's going to it's going to start with 101 and then you're going to have to give up whatever whatever quarterback you do have and then you're probably still going to have to give up something else. So that's that's not the type of jump that we want to make. That's way too much. That's trying to eat the entire elephant in one sitting. We don't want to do that. What we want to do is just get some quarterbacks who have a chance to be NFL starters in 2023. So some of my favorites to talk about, Jared Goff, who's very underrated despite the fact that he he played extremely well for the Lions and they built that offense up around him. They just barely missed the playoffs. He missed a little bit of time in the middle of the season with injury and, you know, if if it weren't if it wasn't for those injured those weeks where he missed with injury, they'd probably make the playoffs. So, you know, I, 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 it doesn't matter to me where they're drafting. I know that they've got two first-round picks. I know that one of them is pretty early. I get all that. They're not going to use it on a quarterback. They're fine with the quarterback they have. So Jared Goff is one that I'm considering, uh, that I'm looking for. You know, I, I would look for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's you know, there's there's going to be an open quarterback competition most likely in San Francisco between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. You know, barring any kind of total meltdown from Brock Purdy. Or, I mean, if he performs exceptionally well, there's a good chance that he just wins a job outright and Trey Lance goes into camp as the backup. That's certainly possible. There's going to be most likely scenarios there's a quarterback competition there. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be a part of it. I don't believe he's going to be on that roster. I think he's going to be somewhere else where he's just straight up, flat out the starter. And then you can take some shots with even cheaper guys than that. You know, cheaper meaning even less likely to be NFL starters. But, you know, Gardner Minshew is somebody that we've talked about all through the season all through the regular season, you know, that's somebody who very easily could start for a team, whether it's as, you know, a, a, a bridge or, you know, in, in earnest, he, he's the starting quarterback for an NFL team. That's, it's entirely possible. You could, you know, you could look at Jordan Love and Kyle Trask and again, you know, we're not necessarily getting guys who are stable NFL starters because we don't know who those guys are. There are way too many jobs that are still unsettled. So we're not going to be able to figure out who are the NFL starters. We we just don't know. But we're getting guys who 
have a reasonable chance to start all the way up through guys who are definite starters. We know they're going to be starters and, you know, but they're still relatively cheap for whatever reason. I mean, you know, Tom Brady is still a guy to consider just because he's easy to acquire. Now, I mean, there's a possibility that he's a total loss for you if he does retire. Whatever you gave up, you just lost it. So, you know, it makes him not a great option, but the the price tag very well could be worth it. It's worth exploring because the price tag could be worth it. You know, look for guys like Baker Mayfield. I mean, it sounds like Matthew Stafford returns to the Rams, should be healthy. But, man, they they were pretty happy with Baker Mayfield. So, you know, if Matthew Stafford isn't ready or if Matthew Stafford doesn't come back, they're probably going to feel pretty good about Baker Mayfield. You know, you just kind of load up on some guys like that. But let's fix the quarterback position. Especially if you're at 101, let's focus on fixing that quarterback position. Or if you're at 102 as well, uh, because you might be able to, to, you know, you might kind of force whoever has 101 into taking Bryce Young to fix their quarterback position. And then you get Bijan Robinson. But fix that quarterback position now. Start working towards you know, getting a handful of guys who are just going to, who are, who have a path to being NFL starters, right? That's, that's really kind of what we're looking for. Just get, you know, five of those guys, six of those guys even. And then, you know, and then you can feel just fine about penciling in B. John Robinson as your first overall pick. But to me, the idea that your roster doesn't matter. Your roster construction doesn't matter. Where the holes, that doesn't matter. All that matters is the value of Bijan Robinson. To me, that's it's it's lazy analysis and it's analysis that keeps people in perpetual rebuilds. So I felt like it was pretty important to to get out in front of this. So, anyways, uh Episodes coming out a day late. I apologize for that. Had some technical issues uh, yesterday when I should have been um, recording. But uh, it's coming out today. And uh, I also also apologize for just for the rant. (laughs) This is something that just kind of got my blood boiling a little bit. The... Anybody who doesn't want to strategize, that's fine. If you don't want to be strategic about this, if you just want to pay your money, set it and forget it. That's another one of those sayings, by the way. Set it and forget it. See what I mean? We've got bumper sticker sayings just all over this game, all over this industry. That's fine. If you don't want to think about it, that's fine. But don't drag me into it. <laughs> don't me. Don't drag me into your... your swamp of ignorance (laughs) uh here i am apologizing for the rant and then i just get even more personal and even more inflammatory about it uh so again i apologize i just felt like this was an important conversation to have as you start to think about and start to map out 
your uh, your off season, your non-point scoring season, and how you want to get to the roster build that you desire in your Superflex Dynasty Leagues. So I want to thank you all real quick for, uh, for everybody who reached out. Last week I mentioned, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts, hear your questions, uh, you know, whatever is on your mind. We've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about, but I, I really just kind of want to make sure that we're hitting on this stuff that's useful to you, my super friends. And so, you know, I, I specifically asked for that last week, and I got a lot of great feedback. I also got some very nice ratings and reviews. I appreciate you all for doing that. Um, and I just I thank you for the questions, even if I haven't answered them yet. Doesn't mean I won't. Um, you brought up some very, very important stuff that we're absolutely going to get to. So we still have a lot to talk about, but again, I just wanted you to uh, have some food for thought as you start to map out your offseason and the process to getting to your desired roster build. So let's wrap it up for the week, and as we do that, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, again, rating and review for the podcast. I mean, start by subscribing to the podcast. That helps a lot. But yeah, those ratings and reviews just really help me get out to more more people and involve more people in the conversation. And we can hit on more topics that are useful to you, my super friends. You can also catch the super show and all of the great podcasts from DynastyLeagueFootball.com at the DLF family of podcast mega feeds. So make sure you subscribe to that as well. Get at me on Twitter as SuperFlexDude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the music. Thank you to DynastyLeagueFootball.com for the platform. And above all else, thank every single one of you for listening. And until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.